Welcome to Homeschool Companion, your source for information, motivation, and inspiration. If you're part of the homeschool community or simply interested in learning more about home-based education, stay tuned. Together, we'll examine the latest resources, learning styles, and teaching techniques. We'll speak with experts in the field to help you uncover every homeschool advantage. We'll also present suggestions on how to keep Christ in the curriculum as we explore fresh ways to teach and learn. Welcome, welcome. I'm Dr. Rose Gamblin, and today's title is Restore a Child. How appropriate is that? I'm going to interview a dear friend, someone who I admire so much. She is the president and founder of an organization called Restore a Child. Yeah, thank you. Welcome, Norma Nashid. Thank you for talking with us today. Just set the stage by telling us some of the countries that are most needy and that your work, Restore a Child, is going into and building schools, feeding orphans, educating, and just in general taking care of some of these less fortunate children. Fifteen countries. In Africa, we have Ethiopia, we have Congo, we have Tanzania, we have Zimbabwe, and, <laughs> and we have South Sudan, right? Because the need is great. We have Indonesia, seven orphanages. Indonesia has 18,000 islands, so we have to cover each direction. And then we have Haiti. We have also Jordan, my country. We help students there. And then we have Ukraine, and in the USA also. In the USA, we help the Navajo children. Tell us about the logistics of this huge undertaking and start with the staffing. Staff of none. <laughs> <laughs> so you're carrying the bulk of the load yourself. Yes, I yeah. do, uh, except, you know, in the office, you know, marketing, raising, everything I do, writing. However, the technical part, like web development, graphic design, and translation, we have United Nations online volunteers. We have used hundreds of them over the years. So they are helping us. Even right now, they are revamping and modernizing our website. How did it all begin? 1999. Tell us about your country of origin, Jordan. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Jordan is a very friendly, People are very hospitable, and uh, we don't have that anim animosity. Yes, we had, uh, you know, I worked for 25 years in the Middle East, in different countries, Kuwait, in uh, Egypt, Jordan, and I worked uh, for Muslims, mm -hmm. all of these, and but they respected me because I practiced my faith. The late King Hussein of Jordan, his nanny was an Adventist from Switzerland. Her last name was Ising, and then she married an American boy. And then I met her when I first came to the States 30 years ago, and she gave me a book that she had written about the king for his 50th. So were you an Adventist Christian growing up? My mother, somebody saw her in the market with a cross, wearing a cross. So he asked her, you're a Christian. Would you like to receive Bible studies? And she said, immediately she said yes. And so he started giving her Bible studies and she would invite her friends. And this is how she became an Adventist. So what brought you to these United States? Uh, yes, I was working at that time for 10 years for Royal Jordanian Airlines. I worked for the chairman, for the president and chairman first. And uh, I told him that if, uh, you know, you, I don't work on Saturdays. It's my, it's, you know, because of my belief. And he said, but in the Middle East at that time, the day off was only Friday. You need the job for your family. And if we don't give you Saturday, you won't accept the job. I said, I'm sorry, 
sir. I will decline. After two days, I got a phone call. You're selected for the job. Yes, but after 10 years, the chairman and president left. The new man was a military man, a very fanatic man, so he won't give me Sabbath. I did time to move on. God will provide, and God provided. Indeed, he did. So then what happened? I ended up at the John Conference. This was the only job I had here. And uh, I worked in different departments, but the last one was in the youth department. And when I got cancer after 13 years, I left my job. I never went back to the doctor. Not once, no. I decided, you know, when I, when I left my job, it means I had no medical insurance, I had no husband. That means I need to trust God. And I did the natural way, and God healed me. Never went back. What a wonderful testimony how God can heal you. God can heal you, can provide everything for you. What is the connection between you being diagnosed with cancer and restore a child? You know, when I was still in the Middle East, my father died, and uh, one American missionary family took me to their home, and they took care of me. They were like my foster parents. And I went to school, and I had good education, and my sisters, some of them did not even finish high school. We were poor. I had to clean the school when I was 10 years old, six miles every day, clean the school to pay for my Christian education. It's uh, how my mom told us taught us that whatever you do, God sees you. Do it unto God with all your heart, even cleaning, you know, no water in the bathrooms there. But it builds character. So from those humble beginnings, we can see that God was preparing you for this ministry. And even though we might look at cleaning as a menial labor, even in my own experience, I have been the school janitor, and I really appreciate. I think that's one of the most valuable things we can teach our young people. That's what we are trying to do with our children, teach, teach them the dignity of manual labor. You mentioned the C word, cancer, and that is certainly a scourge in these United States. So how did you emotionally deal with it? You know, I knew when I got cancer, God would not give me that disease to punish me. Because one year earlier, I had committed, recommitted my life completely to him. I had peace with him. I was I'm in love with, with Jesus. I mean, I was at peace. And then I get cancer. I said, God has something good. Coming out of it, I had no idea. So I did not pray for healing, not mm -hmm. once. You know, as a woman, I didn't, nothing. I was happy. Yeah. I was going to take treatments and coming to work. And they, they say, mm -hmm. you are smiling, you have cancer. I said, God is working. He has something good coming. But I had a good relationship with God. Something good will come out. That was the birth of Restore a Child. What other experiences looking back at your childhood prepared you for this ministry? Yes. No, I mean, because we had a good mother. My father was alcoholic, and I re he never talked to me, absent father. So his death did not affect yeah. me, at least. But I had siblings who were very young. My mother had to work very hard then, until she became blind, and she couldn't work anymore. So you went to work, and you have some gifts. Obviously, you have some gifts that God has given you in order to carry out this ministry. Just share some of the ways that you've accomplished one thing I wish I can explain, how I do things. I don't have training, 
you know, I, I didn't finish college because my mom said, come back and help me. So I didn't have, I don't know, marketing, fundraising, writing. I know nothing about this, but I knew that God will help me. So I started small. I couldn't start overseas when there is a lot in, in Washington, D.C., African-American poverty, like so bad. So I said, I, I cannot love children overseas when yeah. I can't love the people around me. So I started with Washington, D.C., helping wow. children. And then we grew from there and became a big ministry. And then, of course, I knew I had to have a board. So we established a board. We had to have a CPA. So I don't handle money at all. I don't sign checks. I don't do anything. I do the work. So it is a ministry that is very credible. It works with integrity, a transparency, and accountability. And that's our strength. And I don't take a salary. No, 16 years. So you've been diagnosed with cancer, come from a very poor background. They say that out of the crucible of suffering, ministry is often born. So uh, what was the first thing that you did? The first one was in my country, Jordan. So when I got cancer, I went to, I went to see my country that maybe I won't come back. Yeah, I went yeah. to the school that I used to clean and I saw them sending two children home and the kids were crying. So I told them, why did you send these kids home? They said, because they don't have money to pay tuition. You punish children because of poverty. And so this is when I decided I have. I have often wondered and pondered why churches will allow people to go to church that don't pay their tithe, but yet they take such a hard-nosed position with children who can't pay their tuition. That's probably for another show. It just seems that if we're serious about the Gospel Commission, we should be following God's command and not money's command. It's one of those faith-building experiences, I realize. The first thing, when Jesus comes, there will be two groups of people, one on his right, one on his left. And what will he judge them with? He doesn't tell them, did you go and preach? He will tell them, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was mm-hmm. naked, mm-hmm. I was sick. These are the areas we work with. Yeah, these I four see. areas to, you know, fulfill yeah. the command of Jesus. Yes. I know, Norma. I admire you so much. You're such a powerhouse and God has used you in such a mighty way. I mean, millions of dollars flow through you for these children. I know that the money has to be carefully guarded. Who do you entrust it with overseas? Yes, I have people that I work with in the different countries. They are mostly missionaries who live there, give, you know, they give their life. So I, people that I can trust. This is one of our strengths. It's mm-hmm. the right partnership, the yes. right people to work with. Well, we're going to take a break right here, but when we come back, I want to hear some specific stories about some of the lives that you have touched in your ministry. We'll be right back. Restore a Child is a humanitarian organization. Our main focus in Haiti is education. So we built the elementary school, which is growing every year by one class. Now next year we'll have grade five, and then grade six, and so on till high school. And, but our focus on orphans, because children who do not have parents have a need for somebody to care for them. They cannot be on the streets. They need to be fed, they need to, to be clothed, they need to go to school. 
And that's what our role is here for, to take care of the children here in Haiti. Jesus loved the children. Jesus said, let the children come to me and forbid them not. And so Jesus opened his arms for the children. He blessed them and he loved them. And we are not to do any less than Jesus did. Hi, I'm Dr. Rose Gamblin, and I come to you each week through the programs of Education Currents and Homeschool Companion. And I'm so blessed to be part of MRG Media Radio Ministry, and I'm giving you the opportunity to be part of it too. We can't stay on the air without your financial support, so take a moment right now during our fundraiser to call you with a gift of any size. As a token of my appreciation for your gift, I have a gift for you, so be sure you call. And my gifts consist of books from different guests that I've had on the show and different topics that I've done. And I also have some books that I've written that I've autographed for you. So be sure and call us, 301-824-3162. That's 301-824-3162. Or write to MRG Media at P.O. Box 413, Smithsburg, Maryland, 21783. That's P.O. Box 413, Smithsburg, Maryland, 21783. Welcome back. I'm talking with Norma Nashid, the founder and CEO of Restore a Child. This ministry is in 15 countries worldwide and serves thousands of orphans and impoverished children. Now, we were talking about some of the experiences you've had in actual countries, so take us from there. First is the school in Haiti. We built last year a school for mm-hmm. elementary school for children. And uh, these children were on the streets, literally. I had sent 75 boxes of clothing and shoes and school supplies. And they arrived when I was there. And the, the school had just finished was completed, so I wanted these kids, and I would take them from the street. I'll tell them, you want to go to school? Yes, yes. Yeah, and do they really want to go to school? Do they know what they're saying yes to? You know, when it comes to young people, it is, they want to study, but they don't want to start, you know, from ABC. So that's why we are concentrating now on building vocational training schools for them. We have elementary schools, we have built two, three, for little children. And, you know, they'll grow up to high school with that. But the boys on the streets need care. And that's what mm-hmm. we are doing now. We have, mm-hmm. this year, we are, we are building three vocational training schools. One was inaugurated yesterday in oh. Indonesia, one in Haiti, and one in Argentina. I recently saw a picture of you in Haiti with a little girl. I wondered if you would share that story. And our listeners are welcome to go to your Facebook page and like the page Restore a Child. This is, uh, her name is Cynthia. And I found her in March when I was in Haiti. And uh, I went to an orphanage that we support. And the guy who built it is the guy in the picture. He's an engineer from uh, New York. He built a school and an orphanage with his own money. So when I was there, I saw this little girl by herself sitting in the garden. I said, who is she? He told me, I don't know her. I don't know this girl. So we had to ask the mother, who is she? And she said her mother was going to sell her as a slave girl at age three. And eventually she decided to abandon her, left her in the market. and. The woman who 
takes care of the orphanage. She took her to the home. Right. She said, next week, I'll take her back to find her mother. I said, you don't take her anywhere. You keep her, we are responsible for her. So that's what they call trafficking. Human trafficking is so prevalent, and these children are just ripe for the picking. It just tears my heart. Ethiopia is big, because when I was in Ethiopia, I saved three girls of mm. trafficking, but two of them, one man was running with two girls. So mm. I told him, I stopped him. I'm not afraid of him. Are they the, your daughters? He said, no. Okay, are they your relatives? No. So why are you taking them? He said, they have nobody. I said, if they have nobody, you take them. He said, yeah, if you want them, you can have them. I said, yeah, I want them. I took them to the orphanage. It's that easy. Take girls and sell, and sell them. No government, nobody cares. How do your orphanages obtain their children? Are all of the children potentially destined for prostitution and trafficking, or are there other Not all of them reasons? are like that. Some of them are, we hear about. How do your orphanages obtain their children? Are all of the children potentially destined for prostitution and trafficking, or are there other? Not all of them are like that. Some of them are, we hear about them. Some of them, just in the community where we work, we just go and I see kids without parents or even with a mother or with a father, but not a mother. So, but they are not all orphans, they are poor. But the biggest thing is if we are not concerned about their spirituality and their eternity, we are losing. It's not uh, just uh, water and clothing. We teach them about God. We bring them to know Jesus. It would be interesting to see how a child who has no parents views God because our parents are on this earth primarily to represent God to us. So I think it's a beautiful ministry that a huge component of what you do is introduce them to their Heavenly Father. Yeah, from the first, uh, you know, the first we start like in a school. First thing we teach is for them to sing and pray. After they raise the flag, then they pray, sing and pray. And then they have Bible like class too. And so um, it's amazing work. As you talk, Norma, I have to think that we in the United States that have had parents for the majority of our lives and now we're experiencing loss and we're middle-aged or getting up there, we don't have any room for self-pity because these children have started out life with such a deficit. I just, I'm so honored to be interviewing you. So it's easy and kids, you know, are the, the most fertile soil. They are receptive, they are willing to learn. If you want to impact the lives of the future of any country, you start with the children. And if you train them well, then you can have a better future. I know we're coming close to the end, but I didn't want to leave without talking about the Do Fast. Tell me a little bit about that. It's a new movement that started, and it started called Do. Do stands for Defend Orphans. Taken from Isaiah 117, it says, Do good, seek justice, defend Orphan. So it's in the Bible and in Psalms 82 also. So, and then because uh, there are so many hungry children in the world, six million children die of hunger every year. So we combined the do with the fast according to Isaiah 58. What does Isaiah 58 say? Is this the fast that, that I have chosen? chosen.
to deal or share your bread with the hungry, bring uh, the poor to your house. If you see a naked, that you clothe him. So this is what do fast is about. It's what God wants you to do for mm -hmm. orphan and for a true fast. It's not about fasting, you know, because the, the beginning of Isaiah 58, it says, we pray, we, he said, this is not what I want. Take care of the hungry and the naked. Let's conclude the show with your audio from your do fast promotion. Tremendous statistics about what children are experiencing. Yes. Tonight, one in seven people will go to bed hungry. Hunger kills more than AIDS, malaria, and tuberculosis combined. One third of the world is starving to death right now. Every 13 seconds, a child dies of malnutrition. That's six million dead children a year. But you can make a difference. The second Saturday in November, be a part of the 24-hour Do Fast. During the Do Fast, people across the world will be reading Isaiah 58 and praying for God's blessings. God's promise is simple. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Let's ask God to restore a child. Visit restorechild.org backslash do fast and donate today. And just because November's passed doesn't mean that there still isn't a need. So what other way can we help these children? Uh, very important is the sponsorship for these kids. And there was, there is actually Dr. Bruce Dyke. He is the top U.S. economist teachings at the University of San Francisco. He did research for three years in six countries with his three of his doctorate students. And they came up with a research that was uh, published in 2013. And he said, it says, do you want to change the world? The title of the research, sponsor a child. And he said, uh, hope is a fuzzy concept economists now what do they, you know everything is concrete but he said it is a proven theory and it works and he has proved in his research that 50, 50 to 80 percent of the sponsored children are more likely to finish college education not even high school they do and 35 percent are more likely to get a white collar job these uh, researchers were not christians but they have found out that not only they finish, uh, you know, university, but they become community and church leaders. So Norma, give us one last appeal. Why investing in orphans is so important? It is because, uh, you know, your money in the bank, they don't give you much now. The sure. market can crash. When you invest in lives of children, mm -hmm. you your dividend is 100% yeah. now yeah. and eternity. And you know, children are the future leaders. If we invest in them, we are doing ourselves good for the future of our country. Well, we've come to the end of our show. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Norma, I realize we haven't even touched upon South America and Indonesia. We'll just have to have another interview. And with that, my good friends, I have one last thing to say, and that is, God bless.
You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com.